Petrangelo shoots, save, rebound, score! Nicholas Waugh ties it! Rebound goal for Nick Waugh! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. A steal for Colasar, charging out. Colasar, the right, he shoots and scores! Colasar on the breakaway! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out inside T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports, Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... It is a game day for the Vegas Golden Knights. The Toronto Maple Leafs are in the building. Austin Matthews is in the building. The first player this season... To eclipse the 50 goals mark, Austin Matthews with a pair last night in Arizona in front of his hometown crowd. That's right, Austin Matthews on a four-game goal streak, nine goals in the last four games. So we'll dig pretty deep into Austin Matthews, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the opponent that the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be facing in this game tonight. We'll also get to one-timers news and notes from around the NHL in hour number two. Danny Webster of the Las Vegas Sun, he's going to join us. In hour number two as well, right around 5 o'clock, we're going to discuss this game. We're going to discuss the Vegas Golden Knights and, and really what's ahead of this team with the injury bug. As, as we talked about going into the game on Tuesday night against Nashville, how much optimism you should feel surrounding the Vegas Golden Knights that Shea Theodore was back after missing 35 games. And wouldn't you know it, as, as has been known to happen over the course of this season, more so than really any other season, I think, for the Golden Knights, Though you could make the argument the last three years have been just a, a constant stream of injuries that you're having to mitigate and deal with. The Golden Knights lose Captain Mark Stone. He's week to week. We'll dig into that a little bit more. Uh, Brett Howden will not play today, day to day with an upper body injury. Though we do have some updates on Jack Eichel, Will Carrier, and the like. So for the Golden Knights, it's, it's about attrition. It's been about attrition all season long, and it's going to be about attrition right now uh, in the interim when, without their captain in Mark Stone. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, before we get uh, too far deep into Vegas and Toronto, I want to try to provide you all with an opportunity to win something. Hit the jackpot on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You could win $2,024 a day. It's real simple. It's a text line situation. 702-876-1340. I'm going to give you a code word right now. You text that code word into 702-876-1340, and you are entered. That's all you got to do. And we want the winners to come from this show. So that's what I'm asking of you right now. Code word for today. And you have to spell the code word right. You have to input it correctly. It's really simple. Giving you the code word right now. Martin, Martin, M-A-R-T-I-N, like Dean Martin. Martin, that's the code word for today. Text that into 702-876-1340. And no, Chapman, you are not eligible to win. Oh, I was going to say Martin like Spencer Martin. Why would you bring that up? Well, because that's the most recent Martin that I could think of that had anything to do in Vegas. But, but, but why would you bring that up? 
Well, because that's where my mind goes. Well, we're obviously not talking about Spencer Martin here. We're talking about Dean Martin. Well, I get that. But I still thought that, you know, my, my mind goes in weird places sometimes. And Spencer Martin is what came into my head. And I'm guessing, I'm guessing that will not sit well with some people. All right. Most it, people. It, listen, if you want to rip Chapman a new one, do that on the text line as well. I'm going to open that up in just a couple of minutes, and we'll read some of the best comments of you ripping Chris Chapman for bringing up a bad memory of Spencer Martin and the <laughs> Carolina Hurricanes. I can't believe you would do that. Why? He didn't do anything in that game. He, well, he didn't do anything in the game beyond the first period. <laughs> yeah, that's my point. So. But still, it's it's a loss, buddy. Like That was a loss when, when you know you were starting to feel optimistic because the Golden Knights were getting healthy, and now all of a sudden we're right back in the thick of it. Like, I... I know that this has been a theme over the last couple of seasons for Vegas. In, in 22, they missed the playoffs. 23, obviously, they win the Stanley Cup, and they're able to navigate the waters of the injuries that season. But it, it almost feels, and, and I don't know if it's just because we're in it and it's recency bias, but this feels like the toughest stretch of injuries this team has dealt with over the three years. Where are you at with that? Well, I've tried to scrap two years ago from from the memory bank but yeah but it's that, important it's context it, right? it, it was pretty brutal ryan i yeah. mean I, th- I think we're kind of underselling how awful that was now to be fair that season you did acquire jack eichel mid-season you knew he was going to be out a, a lengthy period of time when you made that trade so him being out for a bunch of that season it it, it there, there's a little i would say an asterisk next to that one mm-hmm. but all the other players that season that spent time on the injured list, I mean, the trainer's room was full every single day, it, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. And I think this year, it's not so much that there's a bulk of them. It's the timing of the injuries that, not that there's ever a good time for injuries, but it just seems like, you know, I'll bring up Stephanie's call the other night. We get all excited and jubilant that, um, you know, Shea Theodore comes back. Yeah. And then not even a full two periods in, and we're watching Mark Stone leave the ice. Mm. We're watching William Carlson have to go to the locker room. We're watching Keegan Colasar have to go to the locker room. So it's just that that I think when you live in the moment and you understand how difficult it is to win the Stanley Cup and you look at the window, I think it's, it's, it's okay to be frustrated with it. I think it's okay to look at it and be like, man, this really sucks because – there's no sugarcoating it. It does mm-hmm. suck. Mm-hmm. Like you lose, you, you, you've you been without Jack Eichel for a significant amount of time. Yeah. Shea Theodore missed 35 games. Mm-hmm. And now you know that you're going to be without Mark Stone for the foreseeable future. It It's, like I said, there's really no way you sugarcoat that. It sucks. And and hopefully it's not a lengthy injury for Stone where, where he misses, you know, six, seven weeks. Yeah. Because that gets you back at right around the start of the playoffs maybe. Sure. You're hoping it's three, maybe four weeks. Well, there's no timeline right now, and, no, and we'll we don't start. Know. We'll start. We'll start there. Bruce Cassidy earlier today, and this comes on the heels uh, of yesterday and Kelly McCrimmon's appearance on um, on the the Eye Test podcast with Jimmy Murphy. And I think it was sick. Oh, well, it's it's the sick podcast, the Eye Test. 
So, like, that's the full name of the podcast. It, it's taken me a while to, like, commit that one to memory uh, for obvious reasons. But <laughs> Kelly McCrimmon was on that podcast with Jimmy Murphy and Pierre Maguire. He said that Mark Stone would be out a while. That was kind of the only update that we had yesterday. And then today, Bruce Cassidy comes out with probably, uh, based on what you heard from McCrimmon yesterday, I would say the most obvious update that, that you could possibly get, Mark Stone, out week to week. Now, what does week to week mean, Chapman? Like we we've had this discussion before, where you start to look at day to day versus week to week versus you know month to month, and and we've kind of settled on a couple of things. Week to week for me usually means somewhere in the like five to seven, five to eight week range, and like generally speaking. When you say week to week and that's where your mind goes, it's probably closer to month to month. But I think that there are certainly things that can happen in terms of rehab, in terms of recovery, whatever it might be, that push you a little bit closer to a week over week timeline than it does a month to month timeline. Month to month is eight weeks plus, And that's how I choose to view it day to day. It could be anywhere from you know six days to 14 days, somewhere in that ballpark. And there's a lot of overlap there. But you know, just kind of the idea that I have, the read that I have, and, and I don't have any deep-seated inside information or anything like that. I'm just kind of trying to parse together uh, my my feelings, my opinions on what I'm hearing and, and what has been relayed over the last 24 to 48 hours in, in regards to Mark Stone. It, it doesn't feel like this is going to be a two to four or two to three week type situation. It feels like you're going to be without Mark Stone for the better part of a month. Now you've got to find different players to step up and give you something on a night to night basis. Yeah. I, based on what I've heard and what I've read, it seems like it could be a lengthy injury or, or lengthy time away. I mean, obviously I'm trying to, to, to summon the hockey gods here to, to make it a shorter uh, stint on the injured list. But my guess is probably somewhere in the six to eight weeks range as well. So we're probably looking at a month, maybe two, mm. where I'm with you. When I hear month to month, I'm like, yeah, that guy's going to be out a long time. Sure. Yeah. Like, it, like month to month to me could be like four months. And so week to week, I guess, is, is probably good news in that regard. Like, obviously, you have the opportunity and it feels like the opportunity is is a real one that it is there that potentially mark stone could be back before the end of the regular season best case scenario mark stone is available to you before game one of the regular season or i'm sorry game one of the postseason uh, and then if if you're kind of getting into that territory then the question becomes is he going to be healthy and ready to go for game one of the postseason because i not really having that timeline, not knowing what you're looking at here with Stone out of the lineup, you know, I think a lot of people are just automatically making it a given that he'll be ready to go should when the postseason starts. And I don't know that that's a guarantee just because we don't really know what A, he's dealing with, and B, what that actual timeline is. Yeah, and that, that's the tricky thing with hockey, not mm -hmm. knowing what the injuries are uh, when you hear, you know, it's it's upper body, lower body you, you, you're, you're forced to just kind of guess. Mm -hmm. And there's really no – there. I, I, I mean, it didn't seem like when you watch the hit and you watch Stone get up and skate off the ice that there was anything laboring him. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes you could say, oh, well, that guy's trying to trying to shake out his leg or he's trying to stretch stretch his leg or he's, he's trying to move his ankle around. There was none of that. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to really, to really tell um, – 
you know, and and I know that there's some some things that have been tweeted out by people who supposedly are in the know, and you know if those things are accurate, we we're, we're going to stay away from speculation at yeah, this point. But yeah. Yes. So based on that, mm-hmm. it's it's impossible to to really know. I mean, supposedly it's what you know something, and and we, we'll never know. We will never know what it is unless Mark Stone chooses to. Mm-hmm divulge that information to us at a later date. Yeah, and, and we'll have a, a better timeline or understanding on when Mark will be available for the Vegas Golden Knights when we get to some of those mile markers that we've seen over the course of this season with rehab, right? Like there is skating on your own, and then there is skating with the team in a non-contact jersey, and then really that timeline of when you expect the player back, it, it starts there. So we're a ways off from that, but for just everyone's understanding going into this game. Mark Stone, out week to week. That's the official designation right now from Bruce Cassidy and the Vegas Golden Knights. Mark Stone, the captain, out week to week for the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, you mentioned Jack Eichel. He is still not available for Vegas, but you know Bruce Cassidy did mention that it is an option. It's an opportunity. It's possible that Jack will be traveling with the team on this upcoming five-game road trip. That gives you a pretty clear idea or, or at least an understanding of the timeline on Jack Eichel. There's no reason, and we've been over this with plenty of players so far this season, there's no reason to travel if you don't expect to play at some point over the course of those five games. So that gives you an idea of when Jack Eichel might be available for Vegas. Will Carrier also skating on his own. He's moving in the right direction in terms of his rehab. No real... Uh, update being made from Pavel Dorofiev. Obviously, he took that elbow from Jacob Truba in the head, dealing with an upper body injury. So Dorofiev doesn't seem like he's going to be an option anytime soon. But it, it does at least look a little bit optimistic that that Eichel, if he's able to travel, it gives you an idea of when he might be able to return for Vegas. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if he's traveling, then then you would venture to guess that maybe he's going to be able to play at some point on that road trip. Look, you've got about what you they they their first game is Saturday night and then their last game is the following Monday. So there's there's about ten days in there where Eichel could slot in somewhere. Um, you know, hopefully if he is gonna play it's it's on the earlier part of the trip because they're certainly gonna need all the help they can get on that road trip because there's definitely some tough games in there. Uh, but We'll see. I mean, the good news is Jack Eichel, he, he seems to be progressing uh, fairly quickly at this stage. And you, you'd hope that for the sake of the team that his return is, is pretty close. Yeah, you're going to need him, right? I mean, there's really no other way around it. When you look at where the Golden Knights are at right now without Mark Stone, and, and you kind of you, you line that up to what they were able to do last season down the stretch without Mark Stone. Jack Eichel played a massive role for the Vegas Golden Knights in, in fending off Edmonton and winning the division in locking up a playoff spot. Jack was one of your best players down the stretch. You're going to need him back in the fold and, and up to speed as quickly as possible. So that's kind of a, an overarching view of where the Golden Knights are at right now from an injury perspective. One more uh, that we didn't talk about. Brett Howden did not take morning skate today. Brett Howden will miss tonight's game he's day-to-day with an upper body injury so that's where you're at with Brett Howden so not only are you down Jack Eichel and Will Carrier and Pavel Dorofiev but now you're down Mark Stone and Brett Howden as well that is a a lot of of production a lot of 
experience out of your lineup and a lot of defensive responsibility like let's just call it what it is right like Jack Eichel uh, was turning heads in terms of the Selkie conversation Mark Stone is a preeminent 200 foot player in this league Brett Howden can kill penalties for you he can give you solid minutes five on five in a defensive two-way center type of of role and, and you've got the best goal scorer in the game right now and Austin Matthews coming into the building you've got William Nylander on an absolute heater of a season and you are going into it with your top 60 that's great but you're missing a lot of responsibility up front in your forwards yeah I mean that the fourth line tonight is made up of guys who've spent most of the season in the AHL mm-hmm. so that certainly is is going to be a a big step up and a big challenge for, for those guys when they step out on the ice and Austin Matthews is on the other side. Um, but look, this team, they've shown in the past that they're deep. They've shown in the past that their players who come up and are expected to play well generally don't struggle when they come up and, and step into the lineup. What worries me a little bit about that line, though, is you have nobody outside of Byron Fraze who has any significant NHL time. <laughs> and for Fraze, it's really not a ton of NHL time when you look at, you know, how many games he's played in the league. But clearly Bruce is confident in those guys, and I think that that's important. I think I think Bruce letting those guys know that he has the confidence in the three of them to go out there and perform as a line, I think that's a confidence boost mm-hmm. in and of itself for, for the three of them. So I think, look, I don't think it's going to be ugly when those guys are out there on the ice. I think they're going to play their asses off, and I think the three of them are going to go in there with having something to prove. Okay, so in relation to Mark Stone and the news on him, Brett Howden, the news on him, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have recalled Sheldon Rempel, Brendan Brisson, and Byron Fraze from the Henderson Silver Knights. Grigory Denisenko was sent back down to the Henderson Silver Knights. So in terms of what the expectation is from, from the lineup, this is what it looked like at morning skate. Top line stays the same. It's Barbashev, Wah, and Marcia. So, like, you expect that as long as those three guys are healthy and able to go, they're going to stick together as a line. The production that they've been able to put together in the absence of, of Jack Eichel has been phenomenal. Then you've got Cotter alongside Carlson and Kolasar, Brisson, Stevenson, and Amadio, and then that fourth line that you're talking about, Mason Morelli, Byron Fraze, and Sheldon Rempel. Like, you're not asking Morelli, Fraze, and Rempel to go out and score for you. But what you are asking them to do is play even shifts every single time they go out there, meaning you don't get scored on, you do enough of the right things in all three zones to gain possession in the offensive zone, and you set things up, you set the table for the next line over the boards. You've got to give solid, structured minutes, and you have to manage pucks well in this league as a trio together. Because for the Golden Knights, when you take the offense out of the lineup that has been taken out with Stone now gone, Eichel not available, you have to really, really double down and commit to defense. Yeah, I think I think the Golden Knights won't change the way they play. Like that's they're they're gonna play the way they play. But I, I, I do think they're gonna have to win games differently if that if that makes any sense. Um I don't I don't anticipate them playing different, but I anticipate a more focused, uh, you know, focus from the guys who are out on the ice on preventing the other team from scoring. Like you just mentioned, there has to be a a more conscious effort on playing defensive hockey. But I don't think that that's going to come at the expense of the way that the team plays. 
um, you know, certainly you're you're still expecting that top line to go out there and score your goals. Certainly you're expecting that second line to step up. Like for Paul Cotter and Keegan Colasar, this is an opportunity to really go out there and maybe, look, you've proved to everyone that you belong in the NHL, but maybe prove to some people that you're better than a fourth-line player or better than a third-line player. I think those two guys are are players that I'm expecting to go out and perform at high levels. Like, I think Keegan Colasar is a guy who goes out every night and he he gives his 100% every single night. Like, you, there, there's never a question with Keegan Colasar's effort. Where Keegan Colasar needs to improve his game is putting the puck in the net, and I understand that that's not his game, but now he's going to be expected to be a guy who puts the puck in the net when you're playing on the second line. Well, okay, what do you, what do you need from that wave? And, and, and I'm not just talking about Colasar, but Paul Cotter, Michael Amadio, you know, that middle part of the lineup for the Golden Knights. I'm going to extend it out to, to Zach Whitecloud, Nick Haig as well, like, what do you really need from those players on a night-to-night basis? Well, I think there, there was a message sent the other night by Bruce Cassidy about mm-hmm. Nashville's depth guys being better than their depth guys. And if I'm a player in that locker room and I'm a depth guy, I, I, I kind of take that personal. Like, so, not so much the coach called me out, mm-hmm. but more so in the fact that depth guys from another team outplayed us and we lost the game because those guys outplayed us. To me, when you look at Keegan Colasar. This is a great opportunity for him. And we have watched Keegan grow as a player over the last couple of seasons. There and and I've I've lauded him many times as being a very responsible player that does a lot of the little things that go unnoticed that help teams win games and ultimately win Stanley Cups. Now, for Colasar, the the opportunity that's in front of him goes in lockstep with what you were just talking about. You want to prove that you're more than a fourth-line guy, top out as a third-line player, middle six guy, whatever. If you want to prove that you can do that, it's all about execution and hitting the back of the net, right? And we have we have watched Colasar get an inordinate amount of chances. Like, you look at the first full season that he had in the league. He had a great chance every single game. He found himself in the right spot on the ice. More often than not, there were breakaways. There were chances point blank in front of the net. Like The puck followed him around. He has great instincts and where to go in the offensive zone. Now it's a matter of putting it all together and finishing off some of those plays, playing with higher skilled guys. And this is no slight on Nick Waugh at all, but William Carlson is a highly skilled center iceman no matter how well was playing right now carlson's incredibly skilled he makes everyone around him better and i'm curious to see if colasar can find something playing with carlson yeah i think i think opportunity is 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 a word that it it does get thrown around a lot but it's one of those things where there's opportunity for guys who maybe don't get as much ice time like 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 Bruce talks about it. Nobody comes into his office and says they want less ice time. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't belong in the NHL if you go to your coach and you're like, yeah, I, I want to play less. Every player wants to play more. Look, it didn't matter if you were, if you're playing youth hockey, you want to play more. You want to be out there. Why? Because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Playing the game is fun. Winning is fun. Helping your team win is fun. And for guys like Keegan Colasar, you mentioned Michael Amadio, Zach Whitecloud, Nick Haig. This is an opportunity, maybe not so much for Whitecloud and Haig, 
But for for Rempel, maybe to prove that he belongs as a full time NHL player. We've why seen, do you why do you put the uh, the qualifier on on White Cloud and Hague? Well, because I'm thinking more in the forward position. Okay. Like, I mean, their 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 time on the ice is pretty much set, right? Mm-hmm. Like like they're not going to take ice time away from the top pair. They're not going to take ice time away from McNabb and Shea Theodore. The only time that happens is if the team is winning and you don't need your offensive guys out there on the ice as much. But or, then, then it's or, more of an on. even split. Or if they play well. Well, that too. We, but. Like we, we've, we've had scenarios where White Cloud and Hague are having phenomenal games and they find themselves outpacing McNabb, outpacing Martinez because they're, they're playing well. Like There have been many nights where that's happened and it's led to Vegas winning games. It hasn't happened as much this season, and I think it needs to happen more. Well, I, I think it does, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say it's been a disappointing season for those guys. Obviously, obviously, White Cloud has missed. He missed a bunch of games as well. It hasn't felt as dominant as last right. year was. Like, like it, it almost feels like something's missing. Well, I think, I think we know what it is. For 35 games, they had to play more. They had to play kind of above where they were in terms of, of their natural slot and natural fit in this lineup, right? Like when you have the best third pair in hockey and you're asking them either to be split apart because White Cloud's not in the lineup or you're asking them to play in a second pair role on a night-to-night basis, I, I think that you, you maybe overextend a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see if White Cloud and Hag can kind of recapture that dominant third pair um, like misnomer, disclaimer, whatever you want to call it, uh, because they're now slotted into a spot that makes more sense. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I, I think that's that's very accurate in what you're saying. And and look, I mean, this we, we've talked about the injury bug and how it's ravaged this team. Like, we haven't really gone into detail with the fact that this team's played like 10-11 defensemen this season because of, of how many injuries they've had. I mean, we still don't know the update on Ben Hutton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Caden Korzak has, has been dealing with something. So, you know, the, 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 the one good thing, the one saving grace to all of this is you kind of get to see what your young guys are made of. Sure. You, you've got an opportunity now. If Look, Mason Morelli's 27 years old. He played his first NHL game on Monday. Like, that's a guy who... He doesn't want to go back to Henderson. And look, Henderson's nice. I'm sure well, the he, Silver Knights are, are they take care of great care of these guys. But Ryan, I don't want to I, I don't want to go back there if I'm but, him. But but here's here's my argument on that. If Mason Morelli scores for you, great. He should not be the guy leading the charge. No. Right? Like you you, no, you, no, you but, would love you would love production from Sheldon Rempel. You would love production from Mason Morelli. You would love it if Byron Frey's chipped in a goal here or there. But those guys, no disrespect to those guys, they cannot outpace the Paul Cotters, the Michael Amadios, the Keegan Colasars in this spot. That I think is the challenge. Well, right? well, if 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 you're those guys, if you if you're Michael Amadio, if you're Paul Cotter, and you're right. Keegan Colasar, yeah. certainly you can't get outpaced by those guys because you might find yourself on the bench mm-hmm. if those guys outplay you, and they do it consistently. And I think that's the challenge from Bruce Cassidy. That's where he wants to see the strides taken with this lineup in the absence of Mark Stone. You want Cotter, Amadio, Colasar, those players to step in and give you 
consistency night in and night out. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and the opportunity is in front of both of those guys. You're, you're playing with a highly skilled player in William Carlson. Mm-hmm. The opportunity is there for you to up your minutes. The opportunity is there to go out and win the game for your team tonight. If you're Keegan Colasar and you go out and you play the game of your life, the team probably wins the game. That's true. But then you got to follow it up two nights later. Well, it's consistency, right? Yeah. It's, 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 all right, great. You did it against Toronto. Now we're going to Ottawa. You got to do it again on Saturday. And I think, I think that's what makes you a better hockey player. It's a consistency. Why, why are, and certainly no one would ever confuse Keegan Kulasar with, with Austin Matthews, but why is Austin Matthews so good? Why is Connor McDavid so good? Why is Sidney Crosby so good? It's because of the consistency. You know what you're getting night in, night out with those guys. You know you're getting a 100% effort night in, night out, and you're probably going to get a goal or, or a couple points out of those guys. So you bring up Austin Matthews, and I'm telling you, there's a lot to be impressed with in terms of his goal scoring this year. Chapman, he's got 51 goals in 54 games. Yeah, I'm I'm really, really excited for tonight for, for a variety of reasons. A, I missed the Maple Leafs game last year. I was flying home from a Notre Dame football game, so oh, I, really? did, I did yeah. not go huh. to the Leafs game last year. That was one of, like, two games that I missed. I missed that, and I missed the Bruins, I think. Yeah. So, like, I haven't seen the Leafs in, like, three, two and a half years because I think they came to T-Mobile early mm-hmm. in the season, two seasons ago. Okay. So it's it's been a long time. Like, I, I feel like I've only seen them once since, like, 2020. Mm-hmm. And to have them come into the building tonight with Austin Matthews, who's who's just on fire. And what what thrills me about Austin Matthews being on fire, and it's gonna it's it's gonna sound kind of funny, mm-hmm. the fact that he's American, like the fact that Austin Matthews is an American-born player, mm-hmm. and he's going out there and he's setting the world on fire, and he's scoring as many goals as he is. Like all these guys who've scored, Brett Hall is really the only American that's up on that list. Well, it's the fastest 250 goals for an American-born player. Yeah. So, so Unreal. I mean, you, you, you look at some of the great American players. Mm-hmm. Austin Matthews has a chance, if he already hasn't, but he has a chance to etch his name in the history books as being maybe the greatest American goal-scoring player of all time. Chapman, it's not the greatest American goal-scorer the of greatest. all time. The greatest goal-scorer of all time. If he... We'll get into this a little bit later on. We're up against it right now. But Austin Matthews is proving, early on at least, to be right there in terms of pace with Alexander Ovechkin. If he has the longevity, I think Austin Matthews is the greatest goal scorer that we're going to see until, you know, like Connor Bedard gets going in the National Hockey League. But that being said, right now it's all about Austin Matthews. We'll dig into that a little bit more as we go along here on the VGK Insider Show. Rolling along here on a game date. It's the VGK Insider Show. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman. A little bit of Van Halen. Why'd you go with that, Chapman? Well, the song's called Dreams. It is. And Mason Morelli living the dream right now. Oh, look at you. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. Always, you're always thinking a little bit deeper in terms of the music. Yeah, next one, just it's a song that I like. There's no meaning behind it. So. Oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, well, I'm building you up, and then the next one's just going to be like, ah, it's a song. It's just a It's a good song. That's true. 
Are you a Van Halen guy or a Van Hagar guy? You know, I I go back and forth. I am not a Van former lead singer of Extreme guy. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, but I I feel like with David Lee Roth, mm-hmm. they they were a little bit of a different band. Like they 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 were more like a party band, where yes. like the songs are about partying and drinking and having fun. And with, it was surface level. Yes, where mm-hmm. with Van Hagar, it was mm-hmm. it was a little more lovey-dovey. The songs were still good. It was a deeper emotional feeling. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I'm with you. Yeah, but I like both. Like I, I'm, I'm not the guy who's like, oh, it's 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 not Van Halen without David Lee Roth, and it's it's no, I'm when, not. I'm when not you're like that. when you're in the mood to just like have fun and not think. It's all David Lee Roth all the time. Right. Like, Hot for Teacher is probably, yeah, yeah. to this day, still one of my favorite songs. Not just Van Halen songs. Like, I love the video. I love the song. <laughs> but it's, like, it's good. Like, if you, you know, if you want to get a little deeper, it's, it's Van, Van Hagar for sure. Yeah, um, like, I'll Wait is, is a, a really good one. Do you want to know my all-time favorite Van Halen song? I'm almost afraid to ask. Why are you afraid to ask? I don't know because there's so many different directions you could go. And maybe you're gonna maybe you're gonna surprise me with something. Well, it's it's not like it's not an over the like it's not an obvious one. Yeah, Ice Cream Man. Okay, I yeah. I, I can I can go with that. I, I really like blues. Like I'm I'm a I'm a bluesy guy. If you give me Eddie Van Halen playing blues standards, yeah, I'm all about it. Um, and then obviously, like I I just got done saying that there's no. You know, double meanings or um, deeper ideas when it comes to David Lee Roth. Uh, <laughs> Ice Cream Man kind of kind of sets that uh, that apart a little bit. But enough dilly dallying here. Let's get into <laughs> Bruce Cassidy. He spoke to the media earlier today after morning skate. He addressed Mark Stone when we might see Jack Eichel, um, as well as where he's expecting this team to pick up the slack with Stone out of the lineup. No, I think uh, Crim summed it up yesterday. He's week to week. Um, so when, I don't have an idea on his return date. The medical team will update us as we go along. Um, but that's what we got for him today. We're going to miss him, obviously, but I've uh, got to focus on the task at hand now. I know you already went through it last year without Jack and without Mark at the same time. It's how do you go about it this time around? Well, I'd like to go about it the exact same way. I mean, we played pretty well. You know, history sometimes repeats itself, sometimes it doesn't. So the way we're looking at it, we have six, our top six, our six D that we went through the playoffs with, they're all healthy now. I think it's the third time they're going to play together this year. So that's a positive. So we should get solid play from there. We've got two healthy goaltenders. That hasn't always happened. So that's how we're going to start right there. We've got to be better defensively. We can make up some of the offense um, as we go along, but if we play good defense with, with this team, generally leads to good offense. That's what fuels our offensive game. And that's how we plan to attack this without, without Mark. And even when Mark was in it, we wanted to get there. Now it becomes more incumbent on the group to understand that without Jack as well. That's 100 points out of your lineup. So that's what we're looking at. And I look at it as an opportunity Danny, like a little bit of now, it falls into laps. Some of those middle-of-the-road guys are getting an opportunity now, right? We know what we're getting out of Carly met, uh, when Stoney was playing and Marty and Petro every night. But it is now time to me for those middle guys. And, and we saw it with Nick step up for Jack, right? He, I put him in that category in Barbie, but Ammo and, and, and Paul Cotter and, 
you know, Nick and, and um, Whitey back there, Theo's back. That's that middle group there that needs to start pushing, right? And that's what my hope is they take more responsibility, um, hold themselves to a high standard because they're going to be getting, Hamill's going in on Stoney's power play time, so that should help. And there's going to be PK time now available. So those guys, maybe it's Colasar plays a bigger role in that department, but we need more out of those guys now. And it's, it's not even so much more, I guess, it's consistency, right? The next step in their career is to be that guy every night that shows up to play and gives you good performance. It doesn't mean one of those guys has to go score a point a game. I don't mean that. Let me rephrase that. It's consistency, play to your ability every night. You know, and that's kind of what we're looking for for that group. Uh, and it'll tell us a lot about our present here coming up and, and the future, right? Because these are the guys that end up being the drivers down the road. So it's a little bit of a test for them and a challenge. And, um, and hopefully they're up for it. And it's been a good group. When challenges have come our way, we've been pretty good with them. So let's hope that, you know, we answer this one. Are those, are those conversations that you have with those guys, or do they just know that that's No, those are conversations we have. It's, it's, it's within the, the, the group setting. So, um, and, and I think our veteran guys know, okay, listen, we got to bear down. Like, I, I don't have to tell Martin and Petro. They can do the math on, listen, we got to win with solid defense, and that starts with us. And so, they, you know, they, there's the ones that should be pushing Hager and, and Whitey to make sure they're, they're ready to go. And it's up to Carly and Marsh to, to message those other guys, hey, it's every night. It's an every night league, um, you know, if you want to build your resume in this league. So, um, yes, it's, it's talked about with them, but it's also among the group. No, it's a mindset, and I think systematic changes. Maybe you might see more matchups now, right? Because we used to just roll through. We trust now. Now you've got guys that are up from the American League that maybe aren't as comfortable yet on all their assignments. And that's on us to do a, a good job teaching them. But having said that, well, back to my previous point. Rempel came up here and scored goals. He scored a big goal in New York, the Islanders, and helped us win. Brisson got the winner against Pittsburgh, right? Uh, Morelli goes out the other night, has a couple points. So they've done their part. I mean, we've got, you know, you're not asking, expecting that every night, but they've come up and helped us win hockey games. So Korzak, I put in that category. So there's no issue with those guys. It's the, it's the next layer here now that we have to rely on more. You can't, I can't go to Brisson and say, I need, I need to score every game. I mean, it's not going to work, right? So it's, it's not fair to the kid and it's not, it's not realistic. So I just, I, I've, I've, I've liked what we've got from, from that group that's come up. Ronnie, Ronnie checked against, played against McDavid for probably, I don't know what the numbers are. You stats nerds know all that stuff. It could have been 10 minutes, 12 minutes, whatever, but did a pretty good job with them with Carly. So, like I said, I think we've gotten good production from them. It's that middle group, as I say, we need to, that hopefully they sort of want to grab this and, and go with it until, until we get healthy again. And then we'll have decisions to make because don't forget some of those guys didn't play that much in the playoffs Amo didn't start in the playoffs he got worked his way in Paul didn't play so there's opportunity for them to sort of build their resume you know there too and we got to get there first but they can help themselves with you know some, some good play here coming up what's your perspective on what Matthews is doing and the challenge he presents right at this time well he's hot at the moment he you know challenges is always there right he's always a threat to score he's finishing a little more often this year obviously but he's always been that guy that's a threat that you circle every time um so that's the biggest challenge is you know trying to quiet him and marner down but they've got other guys <laughs> so you, you go through the lineup but it starts there if we can frustrate them and make them really work for all their ice 
Uh, and if they want to push through and, and get to the hard areas and, and make us pay the price, so be it. I mean, that's, you know, they're good players and they're going to be able to do that. But we have to force them to work to get to that ice. That's our job to make it harder on them. And if they can push through and get it done, you got to tip your hat. But that's how we're looking at it. And we look at it the same way with Nylander and Tavares, right? Like they're, you know, their top six is dangerous. Discipline, we've been good with that. We've been good at staying out of the box. Edmonton came in here and that was a real focus of ours. We did a good job staying out of the box that night. Um, Carolina came in here, they beat us, but at the end of the day, I don't think we took a penalty either against a very good power play. So there's a little bit of that going on. You want to be physical and make them work, but you got to have your skate. You got to be checking with your legs and, and good sticks and your brains. And that usually allows us to get over top of people. And um, that's how we're going to try to deal with the challenge. And uh, we've been a good defensive team for the most part. Not every night. We're still working on the consistency factor, but that's what's going to be required to me. That's a good question. I would suspect he would, but I don't know that to be certain. He's day-to-day upper body, so he's definitely not in tonight. Making no progress. So he's in the same category he was in yesterday or the day before. Carrier is in the same category he was yesterday as well. Um, unavailable tonight and skating on his own. What do you want to see from Aiden Hill? A little more in control than maybe Nashville. Um, I thought his game got a lot better as it went along, as did ours. So we weren't really ready to go the other night, and it started with everybody. So. Um, Timely save. He's going to get. He's going to see some high-end chances tonight. It's inevitable. How many? We got to limit that. But there's no way you're going to go out there and shut a team down like Toronto and give them nothing. I just don't think that that's a game plan they can realistically do. It might happen every once in a while, but they're going to get some looks, and that's where we need the timely save, um, put out a fire, so to speak, and then so we can get back to work. Listen, I think it's important because we've lost three in a row at home. We haven't played our best hockey at home. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just time. It's time to get our game in order here. And, yes, you would like to take that and pack it in your suitcase and go with, with the mindset of, yeah, we, this is how we're going to play it for the next five games. But um, so there's some value in what you're saying, but I think it's, it's bigger than that. It's just about our own game, and we haven't been good enough at home lately. You Yeah, I mean, he's he, he persevered. He hung around. Um, good team player. Won a championship last year. I think had a lot to do with our interest in him this summer as well. Um, so you're happy for guys like that, that, you know, have to, they don't get the easy road. And not that there's ever a truly easy road, but there's harder roads, I guess, and more challenges. So um, those are good stories. And to see them, to see it after, like his family on TV too, was cool because I don't see that in game, right? I see it when I do the video the next day. So, proud parents and friends and what have you. So, and they should be, right? Like it's not easy to play in this league. It's even harder to stay in the league, and so that's the challenge in front of them. There's Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media earlier today. Uh, a lot of meat in what Bruce talked about, specifically who needs to take ownership and push 
for the Golden Knights with Mark Stone out of the lineup. We're going to dissect that a little bit more as we go along here on the VGK Insider Show. We'll set up hour number two next right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Five wins in a row for the Toronto Maple Leafs as they come into this one tonight against Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas has dropped their last three in a row here on home ice. The Leafs also 5-0 without Morgan Riley. First game back for Morgan Riley tonight after serving his five-game suspension for cross-checking Ridley Gregg in the face. And Austin Matthews is on a four-game goal streak. Nine goals in those four games. Got a lot more to dissect here on the VGK Insider Show. Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun, he's going to join us on the other side of the break. we got one-timers, all that coming up next right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.